0: Amen. We are continuing with what we started last week, but as an introduction, I just want to remind you, usually in September in South Africa, we take it as a heritage month, isn't it? And usually you would find different people telling us about their heritage. And uh, I think beyond that, I also know some of the clans Claim what is rightfully theirs. For example, I know that the Bakwevo clan Mukwevo, apparently in Ruonde, they say that place there next to the Vubu, there where there are those many things, seems it's theirs, and then they can claim their heritage. Amen. Amen. So when I think about that, then I think as a child of God, We also have a heritage. As a child of God you have a heritage, beside your heritage of your clan, the heritage of your tribe, the heritage of your nation. We started last week talking about the heritage of faith. I want us to continue with that. The heritage of faith, part two. I want us to start at 2 Timothy chapter one, verse three to five in the New King James Version so that you can see that for us as children of God, we have a heritage called the heritage of faith. And as much as people of the world enjoy their heritage and they are proud of their heritage, we also need to be proud of our heritage. Okay, we also need to be proud of our heritage. And then we also need to know how to enjoy our heritage. So 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 5, New King James Version, it says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. You see this. So if you look at Paul, he does not talk about his forefathers doing their traditional and their whatever other things. Like last week we showed you, even the Jews and other people, they had their own rituals. But here Paul is not talking about that. He says, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did. Which means some of you, you have inherited the faith heritage from your grandparents and others. For some, you are the first one in your lineage to be a person of faith. So he says, As without, remem- without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. Verse 5. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Louise and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also. Amen. Did you hear that? Yes. I'm glad that today we also have a baby dedication. And you need to look at the role of parents in transferring the heritage of faith to our children. I wanted that actually for some of us, we were the first one in the Mukosi Agent that our parents, they were believing in another way. They had to learn faith from us. So we have actually started the lineage, the heritage of faith. And let the generations coming inherit this and take this as their heritage. So he says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. He talks about it as a genuine faith. Because many people believe to have faith. They say, I believe, I have faith. Like my parents, when we grew up, they were claiming they were Christians. But they were not living or doing the Christian the Christian way. So after we have accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we shared the gospel with them, and they also came to the knowledge of the Lord. But now he says here, I thank God I remember the genuine faith that is in you. And this genuine faith did not start with you. It dwelt first in your grandmother, Louise. ladies. Do you transfer faith to your children? Last week, I shared with you how when we grew up, some of us, our grannies used to do sarungano, sarungano, the myth of the old ladies, which which, uh, Timothy says, flee from the myth of old ladies. Amen? They did not have anything to give us, so they were giving us sarungano, sarungano. But can you, as a mother, when you are breastfeeding your child, Be speaking the word. When you are are rearing up your children, can you be sharing the word? Like the stories that we shared with our children as they were growing up, we would take stories from the Bible and share those. So that then the faith that is in us has got to be transferred to our children and generations to come. So he says it first dwelled in your grandmother Louise, in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also. Amen. Now, in this heritage of faith, there are so many things that are entailed in the heritage of faith. And I want you to listen carefully. In the heritage of faith, there are so many things entailed in that heritage of faith. That's why if you've got faith in God, people may deny you anything, but you've got everything in faith. Amen? Even if the enemy takes away anything from you and it doesn't take away your faith, you will always bounce back. Tell your neighbor, even if the enemy can take anything from you, as long as it doesn't take away your faith, you will always bounce back. Amen. So keep your heritage of faith because it's got so many things in it. And I looked at this. And I realize that I'm destined for prosperity and success. I'm destined for victory. I'm destined to live in divine health. That's my heritage. And go with me to the book of Isaiah 54:17, 17, NIV. We read this one last week. And I want you to look at, like I said, in this heritage of faith, there are so many things. And I'll pick few. I'll probably pick three examples But there are many others. So in Isaiah 54, 17, NIV, it says, No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is what? This is what? It's in the Bible. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It doesn't describe you now about your tribe. You've got a new tribe called children of God. So this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me declares the Lord. What is our heritage? No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. Anything that the enemy tries to do against me, he will fail. This talks about our protection which is all-encompassing as a child of God. Okay? Your protection as a child of God is all-encompassing. Let me just uh, share with you this. The protection in the worldly terms is limited to a specific thing. That's why even the gods of this world, they've got a god of this, a god of that, a god of that, a god of that. Now, if you think about protection just as a package, if somebody wants to bewitch you and you have a gun, and they come when you're asleep and you don't know anything, does the bewitching the wizards? Does it work guns? Do they work with wizards? If a truck is coming and it loses the brakes and it's coming for your small car, do the bodyguards help? Okay, so it means whatever protection that we have in the world is limited. But in faith, my protection is all-encompassing. Amen? Amen? Amen. So it means if the devil decides to use the spiritists and the wizards and the witches and he wants to come and that and all that, I'm covered. If the devil decides to use a car accident thinking that you can kill me, (laughs) He must forget about that. This is my heritage. Just like the rest of you, you want to claim your heritage and you say, I can even go to the constitutional court. So for me, I cannot be robbed of my heritage. Can we lift up our Bibles and say, I cannot be robbed of my heritage. heritage. It's It's in the book. Yes, it's in the book. So it doesn't matter what people will say to you trying to rob you of your heritage. If you know, it's in the book. What is my heritage? No weapon that is fashioned against me shall prosper. Any tongue that raises up against me in judgment will be condemned. In many times, you don't have to even speak for yourself. People will speak for you. And you will find that people who are coming against you, they will confuse themselves and start fighting among themselves. You remember in the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse from going down the three nations that were coming against the people of God they agreed to go and attack the people of God coming as three nations and because God was in the midst of his people the three nations the Moabites the Syrians and those of Ammon they started two of them (laughs) fought against one and they finished those after finishing those, then the two of them decided to fight each other. They finished each other. When the Israelites came, there was no battle to fight. The enemy had finished himself. Yeah. So that's the tendency of the enemy. Tell, tell your neighbor, that's the tendency of the enemy. You find that people who are supposed to be friends, you find them fighting. The enemy does that. I know examples where you find that somebody was stabbed by a friend who was drunk stabbed to death. That's what the enemy does. The enemy causes confusion. Amen? So it means even if and if you read it from verse I think let's start it from verse 14. It's Isaiah 54 because I want to show you that even if the enemy even if they can plan to attack you, it's not coming from God and therefore God will confuse them. It says Okay, I'll start it from verse 13. Because God is also interested in our children. He said, and all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be their peace. That's our heritage. Can we say that's our heritage? heritage. Yes, my children will be taught of the Lord, and great will be their peace. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for thou shalt not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. This is my heritage. This is my heritage. How many of you know that the pastor did not write the Bible? Yeah. I'm just finding out what is my heritage. Now look. Verse 15. Behold. They shall surely gather together. Against you. But it will not be from me. Whoever shall gather together against you. Shall fall. For your sake. Can we say that's my, heritage. that's my heritage? Yeah, that's my heritage. So when they fall for my sake, it's not a coincidence. It's my heritage. Okay, another part of my heritage of faith. Third John 2. I, I, like, I like to have an inheritance. I like to have a heritage. And if it means spending a lot of time checking what is in the book. What is my heritage? Like some of you will read the history of your tribes to find out what is your heritage. I read history of my tribe in Christ. And I found what is my heritage. This is another one. 3 John 2, King James Version. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's my heritage. Say, that's my heritage. heritage. Which above all things, that you may prosper and be in health. That's my heritage. And if you look at these two terms, okay, prosper, I will take a few things on the prosperity side. But let me talk a bit about health. So there's a difference between healing and health. You know that. So, when you are sick and you need healing, you get, devi- you, you, you get healed, that's healing. Health means no sickness. Okay, I'm well, I'm healthy. So you don't have to wait to be sick to enjoy your inheritance. Like I told you, as for me, every day of my life without fail, I thank God that I walk in divine health. And it's working. It's working. It's helping me to stay out of trouble with sickness. Because I keep on saying, Father, I thank you that I walk in divine health. I thank you, Lord, that Jesus was wounded for my transgressions. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, I am healed. Amen. Amen. And I walk in divine health. That's my heritage. It's my inheritance. But now he says that you may prosper and be in good health. Let's pick the prosperity one. You all want to prosper, isn't it? Amen. Yeah. And unfortunately, people who brought Christian faith, some of them, they were telling us, God doesn't want us to prosper. Because if you have money, you will forget God. Mm. There are people who forget God when they have money. That statement is also true. Yeah. The Israelites used to walk with God like that. The Israelites, when things are well with them, they would disobey God and God will allow them to be taken to captivity in Babylon and all the other places. And when they were in trouble, then they think about God. Do you want to serve God like that? To serve him because you have to first be in trouble for you to pray. When you don't have any problem, you don't pray. We call for prayer at meetings. You don't come because you don't have a problem. By the time you have a problem, you are the first one. You want even the week-long prayers. Don't serve God like that. Don't serve God because of problems. Amen. So it means even in health, I don't have to wait to be sick to proclaim my healing. I walk in divine health. Now with prosperity, look at this. Joshua 1.8, New King James Version. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. This book, this book shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That's my heritage. Say, that's my heritage. heritage. But if you look at this heritage, for me to get this, the book of the law must not depart from my mouth. For me to get this, I must meditate on the word day and night. And some of you say, meditating all the time. Now when will I get time to do other things? Do you know that you don't put limit to worrying? Some of you worry even at midnight. You wake up at midnight, you wanted to go to the bathroom, but when you come back, don't sleep anymore. So, So why are you taking all that time worrying? You could have used that time to meditate on the book. Amen? Actually, those of you who don't understand what is meditation... In the word. It's just the opposite of worrying. You see? Worrying is when you are meditating on the ability of the enemy to hurt you. Meditation on the word is when you are meditating on the ability of God to deliver you and come through for you. So it means the same amount of energy you use to worry, use it to meditate. Amen? Amen. So it means if the enemy wakes you up and he wants you to think about, oh, now your monies are not balancing up. They are going to repossess that car. They are going to repossess. That's how the devil speaks. Like Goliath, They would threaten you. They they will take this. They will do that. They will do that. And now you're starting to think, maybe I should go to Womachonise. I should do that and I should do that. You're not even thinking about God. Do you think Womachonise is there to help you (laughs) or they are in business? Mm? You think you think the purpose of forming Womachoni was to help people? I think it's business. I think the people who help people, I told you before, especially in the African context, our parents were very good, our grandparents. If somebody is lacking millet meal, okay, they will go and borrow a bucket of millet meal from the neighbor. When they buy theirs next month, they bring back what? A bucket of millimil. That's helping. But this thing where you you go, you are in trouble, you ask for one basket, and now they want three baskets. How will they get three baskets when I couldn't even have one basket? Okay? Now, if I then, rather than I then meditate on the word, then I will see that, oh, actually, God says he takes care of me. Actually, God says he makes a way where there seems to be no way. And then you can say he makes a way where there seems to be no way. Then you can say because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives all fear is gone Because I know And I know He holds the future And life is worth well. A living just because he lives. Amen. Amen. You think you can be depressed no, no. singing that song? Because when the enemy is trying to show you all those things and you start saying, Because he lives. So I may not know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Amen. And he's my master. Amen. 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 So you're starting to meditate, you're starting to sing. You meditate. Waymaker. Miracle week. Do you think when you are doing that the enemy can put you in depression? No ways. That's who you are. Amen. Amen. So instead of me focusing on the ability of the enemy to keep me down, I take the same situation and say, "What does the word of God say?" What did my master promise? Then I meditate on that. Then I will make my way prosperous and I will have good success. Now, the Lord has promised us there is a heritage and inheritance of faith for all of us. But you will only possess it when you know it. One, that's why we keep on teaching you the word. Two, you will have to claim it. Amen. Like some of you You have been dispossessed, and they will say your land was dispossessed, and that one, and that tribe this, that tribe that. If you don't claim it, it still remains in the hands of the enemy. Amen. Amen. So I want you to go with me to the book of Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. From verse 1 to 9 in the New King James Version. I want you to look at this carefully. Because I equate the journey of the children of Israel... From Egypt to the promised land, similar to how we as children of God, we were once in darkness in Egypt in bondage, and the Lord translated us to the kingdom of his dear son. And there, are, there is an inheritance for us as the children of God here. We have a heritage. But look at this. Joshua 1, 1 to 9, New King James Version. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Okay, maybe let's start there. Do you know that there are many people who keep on saying, if so and so was here, if so and so was here, I wish my granny was still here. Your granny is dead. Moses, my servant, is dead. So he was actually starting Because Joshua knew this, isn't it? But it's almost like Joshua is still thinking, I think, I wish Moses could do this. I wish this, this. He says, hey, Moses, my servant, is dead. So we should allow some of the things actually to be bygones in our lives. Okay? Do you know that sometimes the enemy uses another thing to still hold you on? Whether it was something that you were hanging your life on, and now it's gone, and now you're keeping on thinking about it, Or something that you once did maybe in the past and the enemy wants to keep you a captive of your past. Don't be a prisoner of your past. So he says, Moses my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and these people, to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. Now, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon I have given you tell your neighbor it's not your neighbor who must tread the place for you and for you husbands and wives it's not even your husband or your wife because sometimes you find she's spending time in the wave treading all the places the places of divine health the places of protection places of this places of this they are treading their land and god says every place that the sole of your foot will tread I've given you so you've got to tread them you've got to tread those promises and go and see what has he promised and you tread it even if you take time Because some of you, you don't invest time in spending time with God. You think it's a waste of time. Some of us do that. We are trading. We are trading. We are trading our lands, our promises. Our lands, our promises. We are taking back what the enemy stole. Amen. He says, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this uh, Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Now, another one. Another heritage. No man shall be able to stand before you. All the days of your life. Now you hear Christians saying, They are just standing in my way. That's why I don't get promoted. You did not read Joshua. That's not your heritage. People of the world can say. They are blocking my promotion. They are standing in my way. But according to this verse. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. That's my heritage. Amen. 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 Yes. Can we all say, no one one shall be able to stand stand before me me all the days days of of my life. He says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and of a good courage. For to these people you shall divide an inheritance. You see again, an inheritance. Now, for Joshua, the task was even more, just like for me as a pastor. I don't only possess the land for myself, but I also help you to inherit your inheritance. That's why I'm teaching you now, to, to show you how to take possession of your inheritance. He says, for to these people, you shall divide an inheritance. So when we're telling you this thing, we want you to also possess your inheritance. I don't believe that in the church, it should only be the pastor who prospers. And I thank God that in this church, yeah, you are doing well. You are doing well. Amen. Amen. Yeah. It means... We need to teach you also to inherit. We need to help you to take your inheritance. It says, You will cause these people, you will divide an inheritance to them, the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper. That you may prosper. That you may prosper. Wherever you go. So for me, it means it doesn't matter where I am. I am destined to succeed. Amen. I'm a prosperity candidate. Amen. Amen. That's why if you read Deuteronomy 28, it says, If you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. Instead of me chasing after blessings, surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Amen. Surely blessings chase after me. How many of you know that blessings look for me? Mm, they look for me. When some of you are thinking, you never know. I may just get out here and knock down by the car. You never know. Calamity is looking for me. For me, blessings are looking for me. Amen. 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 And I'm here blessing. You can come my way. Amen. 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 You've got to take your inheritance. Because when he says, if you diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, all these blessings will come upon you. You will be above only and never beneath. You will be blessed in the city and you will be blessed in the field. You will be blessed coming in and going out. You will... He will bless even your treasures, your, your pocket. He will bless you if you are born one in your house. So it means he blesses me wherever I go. Then this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in day and night that you may observe that one we have read. Amen. And did you know, the good thing with this is that when we are claiming our inheritance in Christ, we stand in faith... We believe God on what he has promised. But how many of you know that we do not bring the promises of God to pass ourselves? Our task is only to believe. And God does the rest. You remember when uh, Jesus was going to the ruler of the synagogue's house and the woman with the issue of blood delayed Jesus. Jesus was going to heal the daughter. And as he was on his way, the woman with the issue of blood came. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Jesus stopped. Who touched me? He started attending to this woman and healed her. But just when he finished that, some people came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. They said, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. And what did Jesus do? The Bible says, Jesus overhearing them, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid. Only believe. The only thing you help me with is stick to your faith. Amen. 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 That's all that Jesus is asking for from you. He's not asking you to make it happen. Just stick to your faith. Only believe. Don't be afraid. Only believe. That's the only thing I need from you. I will deal with the rest. Amen. Amen. That's what God is saying to us. Even on the things that seem to be intimidating you, our problem is because we are thinking about how will it happen. The how part is not yours. Tell your neighbor. The how part is not your responsibility. responsibility. Stick to your responsibility. Stick to your your lane. Your Your responsibility is to believe. believe. Amen. Amen. And now look. Go to Isaiah 45 verse 15. I'll read in the message translation. I like this because I don't make things happen myself. My part is only to believe. It's just like when the Bible says those who believe will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. When I call you here and I say those who are sick come, I'm praying for you. I don't even imagine how you'll get healed. I know I believe and I'm laying hands on the sick and you will recover. The Lord Himself, the owner of the word, will confirm His word, His word with signs following. That's why Jeremiah 1:12 says, You have seen correctly, because I'm watching over my word to fulfill it. I'm watching over my word to confirm it. That's why you need to know what is in the word. Because Isaiah 45:15, the message translation. You are a God. Who works behind the scenes. God of Israel. Savior God. Did you see that? You are a God who works behind the scene. So it means even when you are here in church. You are here. You are listening to the word. How many of you know that God is working behind the scene? God is sorting it out. So it means I just believe him and he will be doing the rest. He works behind the scenes. Can we all say, I thank God? I thank God. He's currently, he currently working it out, it out. Behind, the, behind the scene behind the on my behalf. On my behalf. Mm. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm a child of God. This is my heritage. So, unlike in the world where you have to do things yourself, in God, I believe, and it's done for me. That's why the Bible says, all things are possible to a person who believes. It means my role is to believe. I stick with my heritage of faith, and then God will do the rest. So he says, clearly you are a God who works behind the scenes. So if he works behind the scenes, my part is just to believe him. And he promotes me. He lifts me high. And where you see me today or where you saw me yesterday, that's not where I'm ending. Tell your neighbor, just wait a few more years. You will see where God is taking me to. Wanyisusa la Wanyi beka la Wanyo So Angitatila Angiveka la Ungitatala Angisusa la Angiveka la He lifted me up Deep My Reclaim And he planted my feet on the king's highway. And that is the risen I sing and I shout. For Jesus came down and he lifted me Ah, That's my heritage. Amen. Yeah, those of you who keep on saying, you never know. He can take you from there and put... I I haven't seen that. Except if you are proud. Yeah, he will humble you. But if it's about him lifting me up for his glory, it's good. When we succeed, when we prosper, when things are going well with us, and the world envies us. Look at us. Because if you look at Malachi, Malachi, after he talks about the tithe in chapter 3, verse, from verse 8, it says, you, you will a man rob God. You are robbing me. And then he talks about bring all the tithe. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. Uh, and then I'll open windows of heaven for you. Then verse 12 says, and all the people of the earth will call you blessed. Amen. When they see that you have a delightsome land, Amen. I want people of the earth to call me blessed. Amen. Yeah. If you look even, you look at the life of Isaac, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you will see that people were even envying them. They were envying their success. They were envying their prosperity. That's my God. He lifts me up. And he plants my feet on the king's highway. Amen. Amen. He works, he works behind the sea. Now, look at this where God does things by design. And, and in what I'm doing today, I did not call myself. The Lord has called me to do what I'm doing. That's why I do it with the anointing of the Lord, the one who called me. So even for you, whether you are a musician, whatever thing that, that the Lord has bestowed upon you, serve God in that grace, knowing that it's God who graced you with that grace. Look at this. Ephesians 1, 1, message translation. And this, I'm linking this even with the baby dedication because you need to understand that God does not think about us just in future. He knows, he knew about you even before you were born. He knows you about, about you now, and he even knows your future. Amen? And God is not taken by surprise. That's why the Bible talks about Jesus as the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. In other words, the Lamb of God was not, God did not think after Adam's sinned. Ish. We never thought that they would do this. Now what is the solution? The solution was there before Adam sinned. It says, behold, the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So when sin came, the solution was already there. That's my God. He's never taken by surprise. Amen. Look at this. Ephesians 1.1 message. It says, I, Paul, am under God's plan as an apostle. (laughs) I like this thing of being under God's plan whichever you are, whatever thing, whatever position that you are in, you need to say, I'm under God's plan as the manager in this place. I'm, I, it's, it's, it's all by God's design. Amen. Amen. He says, I, Paul, am under God's plan as an apostle, Amen. a special agent of Jesus Christ writing to you faithful believers in Ephesus. So even the child that we're going to dedicate unto the Lord today is under God's plan. Our future is under God's plan. Actually, God knew about us even before we were born. Read with me Jeremiah 1.5 NIV. Jeremiah 1.5 NIV. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. (laughs) Did you uh, Do you realize that there are people who sometimes say, you were a mistake, I forgot to take the tablets. <laughs> you, need, you need to tell them, uh-uh, mommy, you are mistaken. <laughs> God knew about me yeah. even before I was formed in your womb. Amen. Okay, there was another time when Blessing was still young. Sometimes he would tell us, I used to see you guys doing this and this when I was still in heaven. Because you see, sometimes when we are talking about things before he was born, so he cannot enter that debate, but then he had to come from the angle. Yeah, no, I used to see this, you guys doing this when I was still in heaven. Because I'm not starting from here. Amen. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. I like this thing where my destiny is sealed. Yeah. Tell your neighbor my destiny is sealed. My destiny is sealed. Yeah, it's sealed. Do you want me to prove that? Go with me to Ephesians 1.11. Let's do it in the Passion Translation. I want to prove to you that my destiny is sealed. The enemy cannot stop me from my inheritance. He cannot stop my destiny. Amen. The Passion Translation, Ephesians 1, 11, it says. So if you don't have it in the Passion, you listen to me. If you've got it in the Passion, you read. Or if it's displayed there, you can read. Through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own possession. I like it when God claims me as his inheritance. He says, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. So God says, they are mine. They are mine. If you touch them, you're touching the apple of my eye. So God claims me as his inheritance. It says, before we were even born, what did he do? Before we were even born, what did he do? Hey, I like that. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mudika, so the little one, before that little one was even born, God already gave that little one the destiny. It says, before we were even born, he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart. No devil can stop God's plan for my life. Amen? Except if you choose to side with the devil, God cannot go against your free will. You couldn't do it with Adam and Eve. He will not do it with you. God respects your free will. But if you choose to stand with God and say, I'm holding on to my faith, I will not be moved. The righteous are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. And I'm standing on the way. God's plan will be fulfilled in your life. He says, God will always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his Hat. So my destiny and my destination is sealed. Yeah. I shall not be denied. Amen. Yes, look at this. Let me do it in the King James version, the New King James version. That Ephesians 1.11 It says, "In him also, we have obtained an inheritance. You see this thing of heritage." So when you're spending a lot of time in September looking for the heritage, do that, it's fine. But shouldn't you also spend a lot of time looking for your other heritage? Your inheritance of faith? It says, In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined. So predestination. So in other words, my future is already sealed. In God, I'm already destined for greatness. Amen. Amen. I'm already destined for success. Amen. I'm already placed on the king's highway. Amen. And that is the reason I sing and I shout. When the enemy tries to tell you a lot of things. Some of you young ladies, the enemy is intimidating you. Ah, You will never get married. You see, your years are going. Ah, you will never get married. You need to say, my destiny is already sealed. I can see my family. I, 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 can, I, can, I can picture the children playing in my family. My destiny. That's where I'm going. Amen? Amen. My destiny is sealed. So when he talks about predestination, to make it simple for some of you, I like giving this example. Those of you who ever boarded, boarded a flight, the other time I was talking about the law of gravity, isn't it? But now I'm not talking about the law of gravity today. They will give you a ticket when you board, and it tells you where you are going before you leave. Yeah. You don't just get into a flight, say, we'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> we might go to Joburg, we might go to KZN. We might land in Istanbul. Is that how you do things? So, but why is it that in your life you fly like that? In your life, you tell me, you never know. I might just land in Durban. I might just land in. It means before you took your flight, you should have read where the flight is going. So as for me, he has predestined me. And he's telling me where my flight is going. Tell your neighbor, I know where my my flight is going. Amen. You cannot convince me otherwise. I know where I'm going with my God. Amen. He predestined me according to the purpose of him who works all things in accordance to the counsel of his will. So he's able, if, let's say now, this is where my destiny is, and somewhere along the way, either through disobedience or whatever, the enemy tried to pull you that way, God is working it out to conform back to the plan. We follow the plan. How many of you, those of you who who want to build a house, you start having a plan, isn't it? Even for the church, we have a plan. We are already seeing that before we build Now, imagine we have that plan, and when the builders build, they build something like this tent. Then we will tell them, you did not follow the plan. You need to demolish this and build according to the plan. So it means even in my own life, if I know my life is going this way, it's supposed to go this way according to God, and now somehow the devil tries to build a tent-like structure for me, I need to say to him, "Uh uh-uh. This is not according to the plan. Yeah. And God will work it back according to the plan. That's why even God, God actually, he would, he would change your situation. He's like a porter. Yeah. Even if maybe along the way things went a bit out, a bit out. So he can mold it back. Amen. I'm like, a, he says, I'm like a porter yes. to you. And the porter can mold you back Amen. to your destiny. Amen. Amen. I'm being carried away, but it's good. We, we, we need to connect to the blessing of the child. Ephesians 1, 3 to 10 in the message. I'll just read it. Or, or let's do eleven verse 11 in the message, that one which other translations. The other translations they are talking about, we did it with the Passion, we did it in the New King James, but I just want to do it in the message. It says, it's in Christ that we find out who we are. And what we are living for. Where do you find out who you are? In Christ. Do you guys ever think that God created some people to be... ...sotsies? Others to be thieves? Others to be murderers? Do you think God created people like that? Uh Uh-uh. It means the enemy has deceived them. They are doing the enemy's plan, but that was never the plan of God. So it's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. It says, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eyes on us. Even before I could get my hopes up, he had his eyes on me. Now I've got my hopes up. He cannot leave me. Amen? Is that not what's in your Bible there? In the message? It says, It says, Before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He already had His eyes on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Amen. So, the one for Ephesians 1 3 to 10, you will read it at your own time because I don't have time. Time will fail me. You will see there a lot of things that Paul is keeping on talking about. What do we have in Christ? Our inheritance. Actually, if you read the book of Ephesians well, it talks about pre, before the world, it talks about where we are, and it talks about where we are going. Amen? So the book of Ephesians is a good book for you to read if you are a young believer in Christ. And you say, where do I start reading the Bible? Because some of you say, I want to read the whole Bible, but I will start from Genesis. And you just accepted the Lord. Now you go to to, to Numbers. 356 people from the tribe of Manasseh. 485,000 people from... (laughs) Then you start thinking, this thing is not working. (laughs) So now, to help you study the Bible, the first thing you do is, use the notes that the pastor is teaching you. The verses that I'm giving you, write them down. Don't think... I know already, I know that verse, I know that verse, that verse, that, that verse, that. Write it down. I take notes if I'm seated there and somebody's preaching. Because I'm learning. When I go home and they say, oh, there was this verse, man, the pastor read. It says God is working behind the scene. Where is it? Then I go to my notes. Then I find. Sometimes you would find that some of the scriptures, you will find that I quote it without reading. Do you think God just diffused it in my head because I'm a pastor? Mm -mm. I had to spend time in the Word. Amen? Invest in the Word and spend time in it. So you can take your time. Ephesians 1 started from the beginning, but then 3 to 10, I'm not going to share about it now. I want us to share 16 to 23 in the message, and then we'll get the... Mudika, baby and the mother and the father to come to the fore and then we're going to do baby dedication. Ephesians 1 16 to 23 in the message this is important because Paul here is trying to help us to say some of these things they won't come automatically sometimes we need to pray for each other that our eyes may be opened to see what is our inheritance to see what is our heritage. The Bible talks about, he says, the devil who is the God of this world, he has blinded the minds of unbelievers. Sometimes you find people doing certain things and they can't see. But we need to pray for one another that our eyes may be opened to see what God has in store for us. Now, look at how Paul prays. Ephesians 1:16-23, the message. He says, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed. I would think of you and give thanks. But I do more than thank, I ask, ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. That's very powerful. You know that sometimes you fight with people, you even wonder, did they accept the same Jesus that I did? (laughs) They're not serious about their Christian work. Their eyes are not opened. So he says, I want, I'm praying for you that your eyes may be opened and discerning in knowing the Lord personally. Yeah. You have to receive Jesus personally. Because even if we tell you, live this way, live that way, you need to do this, you need to do this, it will be like flogging a dead horse. It will never move. Do you know that if a horse is dead, it doesn't matter how big the whip you use, it will not move. So similarly, anybody who has not accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior who does not have a personal encounter with the Lord, they cannot live out God's will. Yes. So we can come and tell you, we tell you this, we put you rules and this and this and this. That's why you will only end up saying, as long as the pastor doesn't see me. Because you think the pastor has heaven. Okay? Okay? But if you understand and you know the Lord personally, the Lord personally, you will be like uh, uh, Joseph. When there was that um, temptation with Potiphar's wife, he says, how can I do such a sin before God? It means he had a personal encounter with the Lord. Now listen your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what is it he's calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. So there is a glorious way of life that the Lord has for us, his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ who God raised him from, the de- from death and set him on the throne in deep heaven. When he set him on the throne, what's happening? Verse 21. In charge of running the universe. Who is in charge of running the universe? The Lord Jesus. Every knee should bow to that name. Amen. Amen? Amen. Every disease should bow to that name. So he's in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments. No name and no power is exempted from his rule. Not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. Can you tell your neighbor? Jesus has the final word. (laughs) Yes. Who has the final say? Amen. Amen. I'm saying, who has the final say? Amen. Amen. The devil does not have the final say. He is not allowed to speak last. Amen? Amen. So wherever you are now, if the enemy has you under his foot, that's not the final thing. Because here it says Jesus has the final word on everything. Amen. At the center of this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts. By which he fills everything with his presence. That's my heritage. Amen. Amen. Can we say that's my, heritage. that's my heritage? And can we thank God for that heritage? <laughs> Amen.